Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS. Coming up in a bit, the Tim Tebow principal. Also, Lincoln Riley owes it to himself and to the sport of football to stay at Oklahoma. Right now, though, we're joined on the hotline by one of the best. Former pro football player. Current analyst, pro football focus. Find him on Twitter, at Solomon's Wisdom. Solomon Wilcox joins us on the show. Solomon, thank you very much for joining us this morning, friend. How are you? I am doing great, Ken, and thanks for having me on with you. Oh, wonderful to have you. And the first thing that I have to ask you right now is, I I think there's two quarterback storylines that are merging in, in Baltimore right now with Lamar Jackson and then with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. It's only been one game for Kyler Murray. It's been part of a season, and now one game for Lamar Jackson. Are we seeing the NFL change right before our very eyes with for the good with different styles of quarterbacks being able to take the reins and lead football teams into the future? I think we are. And, I, you know, I think it started uh, when you look at what Patrick Mahomes did uh, last year. That kind of blew the doors off of it. But I really think you'd have to be honest. I believe it started with – Jim Harbaugh, Colin Kaepernick, when he took those 49er teams to three straight NFC title games, what happened there? Remember, they had Alex Smith. They had a former first overall uh, number one pick at quarterback. But then you had a coach that had come from Stanford, he'd come from college, and he says, I am going to tailor what we do uniquely to a player's specific skill set. And that's when Colin Kaepernick thrived. When they tried to force Colin to be this more NFL-ready quarterback, he struggled. And I think coaches have seen that. Andy Reid was clearly ready to embrace some of the things that maybe Chip Kelly had did when he was at Oregon. Um, You could see Andy Reid using some of those things in the offense. Um, Patrick Mahomes has excelled. Um, He's played in Cliff Kingsbury's college um, spread system. And now we see teams doing that. You see that with Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. One coach in Hugh Jackson wanted to use a more pro-ready style, and now you see another coach coming in and Freddie Kitchens doing something different and allowing Baker to excel. And the same can be said with what Greg Roman is doing in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson. Solomon Wilcott's joining us on the show. Follow him on Twitter at Solomon's Wisdom, Pro Football Focus. Analysts all over the place, one of the best you could possibly find in terms of guests. What was the team that surprised you for the good uh, in week one that could keep this rolling for the rest of the season? Wow. Uh, I guess that, to me, it was Baltimore. And, and uh, you know, the reason why is because I'm not so sure before that opening day uh, performance 
if I really believe that Lamar Jackson was in up there already. I, I thought last year, if you remember, he got hot running the ball. The very last game, I thought he was exposed to San Diego. Totally shut him out. In fact, the crowd at that stadium in Baltimore, they were booing him. They wanted Joe Flacco in the game. They wanted the coaches to replace Lamar Jackson. And so now Greg Roman gets elevated to the offensive coordinator position. I didn't think that they could continue that college style and still go out and win. Now, we still, I'm going to tell you right now, that was against the Dolphins, so there's still some questions. But at the end of the day, I believe that Lamar Jackson is still going to be successful. So for me, that was one. I thought the Minnesota Vikings, because I wanted to see them, I know they wanted to get back to running the ball and maybe protecting their quarterback in Kirk Cousins, and if the defense could carry them. The Vikings are going to be a real team to deal with and what I think is going to be a really good division in the NFC North. I don't think, though, you speak of the Vikings, I'll tell you, Solomon, I don't think that they get a chance to really breathe after the run that they had a couple years ago. I mean, seriously, it seems like every single week, and it's week one, but they're in a division where Chicago took over last year. We'll talk maybe about them in a second. We don't know about Green Bay just yet. Especially offensively, Denver or excuse me, Detroit. They seem to be just styrofoam there. For them, it seems like everybody wants them to take the division. They didn't, and now every game is just—it feels like a playoff mode for them. It, it's almost like they're always chasing some drama. Whether it was when you know um, Teddy Bridgewater broke his leg, they had to add Sam Bradford at the last minute, and Bradford played well and. They get into the playoffs and then miss a field goal against Seattle, a game they should have won. And, so, and then last year, you know, unfortunately, the untimely loss of their offensive line coach, um, Tony Sperano, had sent that team tail-spinning and not able to run the football. And Dalvin Cook is now 100%. Gary Kubiak comes in to help with the running game. They were impressive running the ball. I always said – if, if I know uh, Coach Zimmer. He is going to give you a great defense. If they can get complementary pieces on offense, and I love their two receivers in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. I love the tight end and Kyle Rudolph. To me, they are one of those teams that's built to play different styles. They, if you want to get in the shootout, I believe they can, they can win a shootout. If you want to roll your sleeves up, pound the run game, play that style, they can win that in their defense. To me, look at the defense for teams. That's what really propelled Chicago last year. It wasn't the quarterback play of Mitchell Trubisky. It was the defense. And I believe the Vikings defense is on par and capable of doing some of the same things. Is there anyone you're really concerned about after week one? Uh, well, uh, Pittsburgh concerns me. The Washington Redskins concern me. Because when you lose and you lose bad, and both teams did, Pittsburgh just lost badly. Washington had, you know, they were up on the Eagles, and just that game ended just badly. Uh, and then you have this in-house drama, things that are unfolding with the Redskins, you know, Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, and just the people questioning the coach. I think Jay Gruden's a good coach. But I'm telling you, if this thing continues poorly, this could be his last season in Washington. I know we're saying this after week one, but you ask me, is there any teams I'm concerned about? Those are mm-hmm. the two teams because they've got to turn around and turn around quickly or this thing could snowball on. The Antonio Brown situation in New England, how delicately must the NFL handle this? 
here's how delicately they have to handle it. Air on the side of doing right. We saw with the Ray Rice thing, and no, we didn't know, we didn't know, and then things come out later that you should have known. That's your job to know. As the, as the custodian of our league, there are people in place that should know. And I agree the league should do its own investigation, but don't, you cannot say, okay, we're going to render this punishment, and then when new information comes, you don't get double jeopardy. You don't get to punish someone twice, okay? That's just how it works. And, and you and I both know this domestic issue is something that has plagued this league. They have not handled it well consistently all the time in the past. And I just this one has all the eyeballs on it, right? They've got to get it right. And, and to me, we all knew this coming in now, okay? There's no one guy more important in this league, okay? Um, everyone's needed, but not one person is necessary. And I know the Patriots understand that. And now the league and, and all the 32 teams, we've got to be consistent in that area. For them, and I know that if they suspended him, if they tried to suspend him without pay, he could sue him, and, and especially if he's found not guilty in this, this civil suit, rightfully so. Um, do you, could you maybe suspend him with pay just to – because it, it's ugly, Solomon. I mean, the texts are ugly. Some of the stuff is ugly. I know the NFL, they can investigate. They can investigate. It's, it's very murky here, and you're going into week two where a, a decision needs to be made. The NFL is going to keep him off the exempt list, but now the Patriots might have to act. So here how, here's how it works now. According to our domestic violence policy, which has been part of our CBA, it's part of our mm-hmm. collective bargaining process, the league, yes, they give you due process, but that due process is within the confines of the league's investigation. No longer does the league have to sit back and wait for justice to run its course outside of the league or in, in our legal um, process. Because of the collective bargaining process, and because players are part of that and, and have agreed, collectively agreed to be governed by it, it's just like if you test positive for performance enhancing or illicit, you don't get to say, well, I need my day in court. No, you've already collectively bargained that this, this test will be judge and jury. And so uh, under the league's investigative powers within the confines of the collective bargaining agreement, if they find that he is in violation of the CBA or in violation of the domestic violence policy, they can then render sanctions and suspend him, okay, without pay, according to that policy. So that's what's at stake. So they do have to do their investigation. Unfortunately, there are times when people make accusations levied against players that there's two sides to every story and both sides should be heard. And, and even at the expense of maybe looking like they're going soft on players or maybe not hearing the victim enough, you've got to hear both sides before you can render a judgment. That's where the league is working on right now. This, if this person had a beef with Antonio Brown, why did it take so long? So all of those things are part of this process. And so uh, it's very difficult to have that discussion without, without one side maybe feeling offended. Solomon Wilcox joining us, Pro Football Focus, at Solomon's Wisdom. It's only been one week for the Chicago Bears. I told you we'd talk about them later. Here we are. Should we, we, should we be worried about Mitchell Trubisky taking that next step as a franchise quarterback? 
Hey, look, I know Matt Nagy <laughs> doesn't want to tell you he's worried. I'm sure Matt is saying, no, we got it. We're going to get this kid fixed. Uh, he's going to improve. Um, and let me tell you, man, it looked bad the other night. And guess what? He's going up against the Broncos defense uh, that has the likes of Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller and Vic Fangio, uh, who was the defense coordinator with the Chicago Bears one year ago. He knows what Mitchell Trubisky likes and what he doesn't like, what he's comfortable doing and what he isn't comfortable doing. So, you know, I, this is a tough spot for him on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon, excuse me, in that in that late window in the afternoon. So he's going to have to play. He's going to have to play well. Um, I think there's some good things about Mitchell Trubisky. He's just inconsistent. He's got to – when he starts to take off a run, his eyes tend to come down. And he's not looking upfield. What I often say when I watch him play, he runs to run. He doesn't run to throw. As athletic as he is, when he breaks out of the pocket, keep your eyes downfield. Help the receivers uncover and look to still make passes down the field. When he tucks it and run, man, he's running to run. And that's not a good thing because now you've got receivers open that he could be throwing the ball to. My goodness, so right. Solomon Wolcott's joining us on the show. Pro Football Focus, find him on Twitter, at Solomon's Wisdom. You've been gracious with your time on a lot of things that are important in football. Something that's important to you, sideline sickle cell. Can you tell us about the work you're doing there, Solomon? Yeah, we're part of uh, Emmaus Life Sciences, who are really just wonderful in helping us to support our sideline sickle cell campaign, um, really to bring about greater awareness for this uh, disease that we know as sickle cell disease. September is National Sickle Cell Awareness Month. It's to help bring greater focus and attention for the need to research and develop new treatments for sickle cell disease. In September, later this month on the 28th, we're hosting a town hall meeting. We've been doing it in multiple cities, whether it's in New York or in Dallas, in South Florida. And now this month is gonna be in, in, in Detroit where we're just bringing people who are part of the sickle cell community together, um, advocacy groups, family members, and patients, to give them more information, talk to them about new innovative treatments that have come online. Um, Amaze Life Science and its new drug, Indari, is the first to be approved by the FDA in the last 25 years to treat sickle cell disease. And so we thank you for the time to help people to understand and bring greater awareness uh, to sickle cell. Solomon, you're wonderful. Thank you very much for the time, my friend. All the best to you. Hope to talk to you again soon in the future. All right, Ken. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Solomon Wilcox joining us on the hotline. Again, follow him on Twitter. He's great. At Solomon's Wisdom, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up in a bit, Lincoln Riley owes it to himself and to football to stay at Oklahoma. Up next, I I just got to do some good old-fashioned trash talking with Peter Schwartz. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Big games this weekend in the NFL. Not really in college football. I mean, if you're a fan of your team, then it's always a big game. But other than that, you're kind of a downer. But there is some trash to be talked, or talk to be trash, whichever way you want to say it. We welcome in Peter Schwartz. Peter, how nervous are you? I'm not nervous at all. I expect the Jets to lose. Oh, my God. Come on. No. Why Why? why is that a crazy thing well, to say? I, I heard – I was here – I was listening to Evan and Joe earlier this week after uh, Sam Darnold was ruled out. Yeah. 
And uh, Peter Schwartz joining us on the show, noted Jets fan. And uh, he goes, right now, I'd be nervous if I were a Browns fan. And I put the quote out there. And they're like, yeah, I'm nervous. I if they Because I'm like, well, if they lose to Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I mean. eBay. I'm going to say this. I, I went. I went with my family to the game on Sunday. Okay. And obviously in the fourth quarter and walking out of MetLife oh Stadium, I was not a very happy camper. No. I may have um, uh, released a few choice words out of my mouth in which my wife had to turn around and tell me to behave myself. You were cussing was, publicly. Wow. Uh, yeah, I was not. Well, then there was also a point in the fourth quarter. The, the uh, Bills had cut it to 16-10. The Jets got the ball back and obviously didn't do anything with it. And Josh Allen throws the first two passes of the next drive. So I think they're already in Jets territory. And we're sitting in a section of seats where there's kind of like a railing where I kind of like can like put my elbows or arms on the railing and kind of lean forward. And I did this, but I had my head in my hands because I knew what was about to happen. Oh and, I, and, and out of the corner of my eye, I kind of looked up, and I saw my wife staring at me, and she said to me, you need to relax. This is just a game. And I, I kind of like, I didn't yell at her, but I, that's when I started really, like, my blood was boiling. People and then, telling you to relax, that's, that's just not going to go well. Right, not going to go well. And then, obviously, what happened happened, and they lose, and we're walking out, and I'm just beside myself and then my my nine-year-old what needs to go to the bathroom before we leave MetLife Stadium because you know we're gonna sit in a you know what load of of traffic getting mm-hmm, out of there mm-hmm. and I just I I don't stop there's people in the bathroom are going crazy and, and Jared looks at me and says dad dad you can't do that it's just a football game and I'm like no son you will learn that it's not just a football game it I, I will say at least it's money well spent for CJ Mosley because he came off that field and everything changed defensively. I'm going, I mean, well, at least I, he was I, worth the money. Yeah, and, and he was listen, great on Sunday. He was all over the field. That, that's real. That is where the game changed. And listen, you know, you turn the ball, you force four turnovers, and you're only winning six nothing after you forced four turnovers. That's obviously a huge problem too. The offense mm-hmm. did basically nothing. And I have to be honest with you, with all the stuff that I've suffered through with the Jets over the years. Um, when I found out about the Sam Darnold uh, situation the other day, I, as as angry as I was on Sunday, Ken, I started laughing. Not laughing at Sam Darnold because I hope he feels better and gets back on yeah, the field. Yeah, of course. Of course. Back. I know what you're but, saying. But I just, I, I can't. It, yeah. There's so much bleep has happened to this team over the years that when I heard this, I like, I just started laughing. I'm like, you have to now start laughing at this because you can't make this up. You can't. I like. I. I don't want because I at first I go on man mono. I've never had mono, and my friends had never had mono growing up. I don't remember a kid in high school having mono. I don't believe I ever had it. And it was just like ah the Kithin disease, and he's yeah. like ah you're probably sick for like a week, and they're like no you can rupture your spleen. I went what, what yeah. What, what do you mean he ruptured his spleen? What are, you, what are you talking about? Ruptured his spleen? And I'm like, oh, God, well, obviously keep him. And now they're quarantining him mm-hmm. like he's his own personal bubble boy. Yeah. This is. Maybe you can call I, John I don't like Travolta this whatsoever. Some advice. I don't like this whatsoever. I feel bad. Like it's, it's, it's a scary. And it, I'm thinking 
My, if he's out for how long could he be out? A month? I, I've heard could he be out a month? at least a month. At least, at a, least month. a month. At least a month. So you're thinking this way. It's Trevor Simeon and people, well, Cat, he's 13 11. Okay, if he was good, he'd be starting somewhere. So don't right. give me any of that. And the I'm second glad, thing is. But, let, but let me just say that. Let yeah, me go say ahead. this. Go ahead. That you could do a lot worse as a backup quarterback than Trevor oh, yeah. Simeon. I've, I've seen but, them all. Right. Yes. Uh, so so I, I think he was actually a really good signing for the Jets, but you can't expect him now. And and, and it's not even just Monday night. All right, let, let, let's just, let for argument's sake, say the Jets squeak out a win on Monday say night. Say they win. Yeah, let's go say, ahead. All right. Now you're talking about a stretch of games that includes uh, the Eagles, it includes uh, the Patriots. They have another Patriot game coming up in October. That one's at home on a Monday night. So you don't know how long this absence is going to stretch. But you're getting into a six-week period of time that includes a bye week also. That you do, If you don't win on Monday, I, I don't know when their next win is coming. Well, you're in a position here where they can't hope... They can't. You can't hurry him. You just have to. I, I should say you can't hurry him. You no. have to hope that he comes back. Because if you win, then I'm going. Please be healthy soon. Because then you can put him out there. Right. If you lose, if I'm Adam Gase, I'm dragging it out. Yeah. Oh, I, I heard him cough the other day. We, we're going to have to play Trevor Simeon because now you have an excuse. Because now you can contend with the Dolphins for the first pick. Yes, and you you have an excuse. Yeah. So now you can go into the next season, and I, I don't think they'd fire him after one year, but it no. is the Jets. And you could go into that. Well, he didn't have his gun. He didn't have Sam Darnold. So you, you can't bring Trevor Simeon to a gunfight. And you know so, what? I, I, as you know, I was not a big fan of the Adam Gase hire. Yeah. He's, he's actually grown on me, actually, from watching training camp very closely and listening to a lot of the interviews and behind the scenes things. He's actually grown on me. I saw a stat this morning uh, on Twitter. I don't know if you saw, saw the same thing. Monday night will be the 50th. Uh, head coaching game for Adam Gase. Fifty, it'll be his fiftieth game as a head coach in the NFL. It'll be his twenty-fifth game without his starting quarterback. Really? Yeah. His fiftieth wow. game as a head coach between the Jets and the Dolphins. It'll be the twenty-fifth time he coaches with his backup quarterback. Well, now you. See, People Boy, that can, gives pe- them a little bit of a benefit well, of the well, doubt. People doesn't it? in Miami can say whatever they want, and we all heard all these things about you know how he got along with the players and his attitude and everything like that. But let's be let, let's let's be fair to Adam Gates for a, for a second. Look at his record, and, and again, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is the greatest thing since sliced bread. But let's be honest, the, the the guy had the record he had in Miami, and basically half the time he didn't have a starting quarterback. It's true. That's true. All right, Peter, I thank you very much for the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize he had that because it's like Tannehill and Cutler. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even realize it was that bad. I know he's had a couple of notable wins. Uh, he's had like five notable wins between Cutler and Tannehill and Osweiler. Osweiler was one of them too. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. All right, Peter, enjoy the game on Monday night, friend. Okay, I'll try. The wonderful Peter Schwartz joining us, noted Jets fan and all-around wonderful broadcaster and great guy. 855-2124-CBS, 1 p.m. Eastern. We will be talking to Chip Patterson, college football writer, CBS Sports. Up next, the Tim Tebow principal and Lincoln Riley owes it to himself and to the sport of football to stay at Oklahoma. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by Geico. Guess what? There's a way you could save a ton of money on car insurance. 
15% or more. All you have to do is go to Geico. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. I ain't kidding you. Geico.com, friend. Geico.com, they're great. They do a fantastic job. I, I wish I could tell you, my insurance agent, and how he's just bilking me out of cash every single day, and I have to continue to use him because he's a family friend of my wife's family. I'm serious. I wish we would have went to Geico earlier. Because if we would have went to Geico, we could save 15% or more on car insurance. I can't go to Geico, so you need to go to Geico. Because the family friend is bilking me. You ought to see it. Tom, you ought to see it. It's unbelievable. Sounds terrible. Oh, my God. It's the worst. He's got, like, this 18-year-old girlfriend now. We actually got a check. I'm going to tell you. I'm serious. We're, like, 33 years old. He's got an 18-year-old girlfriend. They sent us an, They sent us a check for the money we had back. I couldn't believe it. He goes, yeah, you get you got your thing back here. I go, I'm surprised he didn't just take her out on the town, took her to a nice Chuck E. Cheese dinner. Goof. Can't believe this. So don't do what I did. Don't let family get involved in your business because this guy is going to be choking the life out of me for the rest of my life as long as I live. Just bleeding me dry. Go to Geico.com. Now, how's that for a read? You tell the fine folks over there at Geico, I'm open for business. Lord Almighty. 855-2124-CBS. Shep, understand it too. Uh, I'm going to want this ready, Tom, because I didn't get to tell you in the break. Get that Stoops audio ready coming up here in a minute. Uh, I, I want to talk about what Tim Tebow said yesterday, a couple days ago on First Take. Tim Tebow, I, I have to call it the Tim Tebow principle. Usually I would call it the Peter principle. And if we know what the Peter principle is, it's basically failing upward. Tim Tebow has, and and first off, yeah, let me get it out of the way. I like Tim Tebow. I think Tim Tebow is a good person who wants the best for society. I I think that we take Tim Tebow, and any time we talk about this guy, it becomes something political. It's left versus right, and it becomes Trump versus Biden. versus. That's not what I'm trying to do. I think Tim Tebow, while not every single stance I agree with him on, personally, I think Tim Tebow is a good person. And wants good for society. I think it bothers people that he really is a good person and wants good for society. We see quote-unquote do-gooders. We think there's something nefarious behind him. I think Tim Tebow really wants people to be happy and wants people to be happy around him. I also think that Tim Tebow has absolutely gained an advantage that a lot of the guys that he spoke about on first take don't get. And I think that he is... Still living in a fantasy because Tim Tebow's life has been a fantasy. He's worked hard. He's absolutely worked hard at what he's done. He's a good broadcaster. He's a decent baseball player, and, and I, I I use that term loosely because we'll get back to it in a second. He's a college football legend. He's one of the greatest college football players, arguably the greatest football college football player who ever lived. I think he's a decent, honorable individual. But I also think that he's lived a fantasy that none of us have got to do. He has had a Peter Principle. Yeah, good broadcaster, put in that position because of what he did in college football. He's a pretty decent football player, but really everything else, he wasn't wasn't a good NFL player altogether. Wasn't worth the, to bring back, wasn't worth the risk for a lot of people because you knew that he was going to dominate the headlines. He is how old? In his early 30s, he's still playing double-A baseball. Well, you, you play baseball because you have notoriety there. You're not a very good baseball player altogether. Good athlete, but you're not a very good baseball player altogether there, Tim. And again, you come from the right place, and you're very well-spoken, and a lot of people like to listen to you, and they come out on either side. I mean, good God, he is 32 years old. He just turned 32 years old. 
You play double-A baseball. Most guys' careers are far done in baseball if they're only at double-A. Not 32 years old. But you do have a dais. And there is a couple of points that he tries to make when he, he went on college, when he went on first take, I beg your pardon, when he went on first take earlier this week and spoke about the California bill to allow players, athletes in the NCAA to gain money from their likeness being used, from them being put up there. Now, I don't know how that stops USC and UCLA and, 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 and Fresno State and Cal and Stanford from just putting Stanford football up there and not putting the actual player up there. I don't know if we need to see a player. There's always end rounds that you can do. It's your brand. You're allowed to do it. The Browns don't have to use every single player. They can just put Browns. The Eagles can do the same thing. They can all do it. And they are still, those players are getting paid, so their lightness, because they're getting paid, is still used. See, this is still an end round way that you could do it if you're one of these colleges. But for most of the player, it's the same thing of fairness as it is everywhere else. Now, I'm always preaching. You've got to be careful about this because I think stipends are a bad idea. I think the whole equal pay thing is a very bad idea because if you just go about that, we always have to go with Title IX, and that means that you're just going to start ripping off sports. And what you do when you rip off sports is you rip off opportunities. So I'm not a guy who can sit here in front of a microphone or behind a microphone and yell at you every day that they need to pay the players, pay the players, pay the players. They got the money. Make sure you pay the players. Yeah, I I hear Jay Billis all the time come up with this. Guy's a lawyer. I can't hear a good, reasonable answer for when I have to deal with Title IX issues and how now I have to take away rowing and field hockey and fencing and take all other opportunities that help people go to college. Because they're not full-ride scholarships in a lot of ways. I understand that. But it does defer the cost of a lot of parts of college that gives guys opportunities and women opportunities in college that they didn't have. But we don't watch those on Big Ten Network or Big 12 Network all the time, so we don't always think about them. But we love arguing about college football and basketball, don't we? I love how we put the cart before the horse about that. And I thought I would agree with Tim Tebow. But the reasoning behind what Tim Tebow says while his heart is in the right place, his head is scrambled. Tim Tebow has worked hard. He lives a charmed life. His life is, again, a fantasy. Good broadcaster, but he gets to play baseball during the summer on a minor league baseball team that he'll never be called up for the major leagues, and he's basically their sideshow attraction. He might not know that because he lives in a fantasy, but that's the truth of it. People don't go just to see the B-Mets, who are now the Rumble Ponies, or whatever they're calling them. They go to see Tim Tebow, the Rumble Pony. This is Babe Ruth with the Boston Braves. Except Babe Ruth had an illustrious Major League Baseball career before that, and it's Tim Tebow who had an illustrious college football career before that. In Major League Baseball, or in baseball's world, you're kind of a sideshow. But you get to play baseball, so you get to have fun. And I don't know if you know that. And while his jersey was used for money for UF, and he says for the love of the game and for the love of the national championship, I think that Tim, for the first time, is showing that he's 32 years old and, I don't know, maybe out of touch with young people. We are seeing athletes now who they have watched ESPN. For their entire lives. They've seen the documentaries. They grew up with Netflix. 
They know about the Mitch Mustaine stuff. They know about what went on with Reggie Bush. They've learned about this. They have people around who who have learned about this. They have people who want to protect those kids, those athletes. And you also have people who do want to take from those athletes. But now we have more 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds who are more cognizant of what they can bring in than we have of any other generation. So for Tim Tebow, and again, I know your heart comes from the right place, but to sit there and speak that you should only be interested in national championships and and, and raising up the the profile of the university which you play for for the quote-unquote love of college football. Sorry, Tim, you're out of touch. You went on to play in the NFL for a couple of years. You were absolutely overdrafted. You got a Heisman Trophy out of it. You're known as one of the greatest college football players ever. Your words are on a plaque. You live a charmed life. You worked hard for. You're different from most of those other players. 99.999% don't have their words on a plaque on the outside of a stadium. Don't have any sort of replica of themselves. Don't have any of that. All they have are the memories. They got the opportunity with free college, so I'm not going to sit here and bellyache for them the entire way. But if there is a likeness to it, it's simply this. If you ended up on a billboard tomorrow for any sort of auto insurance place or for any sort of a pharmaceutical or for a soft drink or for a car dealership or anything, where is your money? And that doesn't matter if you're 17, 18, 19 years old or whether or not you're 32 years old. I just talked about my insurance agent. If my insurance agent put me down there as one of his clients, considering what I just said, I can guarantee you whether or not I was 18 years old and still at the University of Akron or whether or not now that I'm at 33 years old, I'd be pretty upset, especially because I'm not necessarily thrilled with the surface overall. And I would want some money coming back. It's that simple. You use, I use you for an opportunity. It's higher education. You use me for an opportunity. If it's just set to that, I'm perfectly fine with it. If you leave the shirts off the backs of the fans, if you take the jerseys away, then I'll be perfectly fine with it. I'll get over it. But if you're going to use likeness, if you're going to use somebody's personality, you're going to use their face, I don't think that a school is entitled to that. A school is entitled for what? You get a value back because of the education, even though in a lot of ways, and people don't want to bring this up, and even in a Mac school, and I've seen it done in a Mac school, they'll pick your major for you because they're paying the freight for it. So you think you want to be an engineer? You think you want to go out there and get an art degree? BS. You got this GPA coming in here. We could barely keep you eligible. You're going to take communications or general studies because you need to play football on Saturday, and we're paying for your education. And they've done that thousands of times. So you do have a generation of players who come out of college who they don't have debt. They also have worthless degrees. They go to places that do not have the alumni support that University of Florida has or Ohio State or Oklahoma or USC or any one of these colleges have. They might have to go out there and earn a living, and all of a sudden they have a worthless degree. They're not going to be playing football anymore. So they can't sit back and look at it and say, from a degree of national championships, and because Grandpa was a big UF fan, that's what they're playing for. 
for the first time in his life, and I know that some people are going to disagree because they disagree with him politically. That's not where I'm going. For the first time in Tim Tebow's life at 32 years old, he is out of touch with the youth of society. I'm not asking him to to go out there and listen to the latest music. I'm not asking him to take selfies. I'm not asking him to watch unboxing videos on YouTube or doing any of the stuff that young people do. But as a former athlete, understand some of the guys who he played with, the Chris Leaks of the world, and understand some of the guys who are yet to come there. You've lived a charm life. You've worked for it. You deserve what you get. America's the land of opportunity. Tim Tebow, all in all, is a good guy. But that rant that he gave on first take earlier this week was misguided. I have to preach continuously. Be careful the wormholes that you open. I can't pay everybody. That means sports and opportunities, underlying opportunities, will probably go in college athletics. So you got to be very careful about this. And I know the NCAA, there are, they are villains to a lot of people. They make a lot of wrong decisions. They seem ridiculous to a lot of people, and I would absolutely totally agree. Totally agree. But you have to be careful with how you go about this deal. Because if you open this up and you continuously say, pay the players, pay the players, pay the players, you're going to lose opportunities on the other end. That's all I preach. But for guys like Tim Tebow, that's an asinine argument about the love of college football, about the love of playing college football. Guys look back and they do love their college careers. Fans love their college football teams. But there's also people with real-world problems who do not live the life of Tim Tebow, who do not get the opportunity of Tim Tebow after their play, like 99% of players out there. And if there's a little bit something they can get, then they should get it. If there's a little bit more in the likeness, if their face is on a billboard, perfectly fine. Give them a percentage. That's all you ask. It's not the entire pie, but they do deserve to wet their beak. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, yep, I got it pretty damn wrong about the Patriots and Antonio Brown. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.